0: welcome to the am coffee podcast where we talk to fascinating people whose stories you won't hear on the evening news now here's your host
1: all right thanks joe and welcome back to am coffee and i've got a different question this week If you're married and you have kids, do you and your spouse, did you and your spouse maybe uh, see eye to eye on the whole household dynamic? When my son was maybe about 10 or so, he would have friends over. He had a lot more friends than I did at 10 years old, I'll tell you that. But he would have friends over and uh, he always wanted them to stay for dinner and spend the night either skateboarding or playing PlayStation or whatever. I worked nights, so it wasn't a big deal. I would come home to four or five sweaty boys sleeping in my family room and, um, it was normally accompanied by a uh, almost empty fridge uh, every morning, too. But, you know, my wife seemed to love the chaos. I it was kind of on the opposite side of all that. I was not a big fan. Um, but, you know, I mean, you do what you got to do. The, the kids always come first. But uh, today's guest uh, guests we have today uh, did not seem to have that problem. They seemed to gel all that together very well. Um, our guest is uh, Sandra L. Kearse. Stockton and her husband. I'm sorry, I I didn't get your name, sir.
0: Aaron.
1: Aaron. Aaron, okay. Uh, And they wrote, uh, she wrote a book called Author. um, I'm sorry, she wrote a book called There's Always Room for One More. And she and her husband have fostered over 100 children. Uh, How are you folks tonight?
0: We're doing well. Good. (laughs) Good. Glad to be on your
1: show. Oh, (laughs) thank Mm -hmm. you. Senior citizen,
0: senior citizen now. No
2: kids in (laughs) the (laughs) house.
1: So we are—we are just so glad. She's a, a, a veteran, a retired Army lieutenant colonel, served thirty years mm-hmm. in the U.S. military services, an Air Force enlisted, which I was, and an Army officer and National Guard officer. And I thank you for your service. It's fantastic. Um, so when you we, came, did, we
2: did fifty years between us because Aaron did twenty years in the Air Force.
1: Oh, see, look at you. <laughs> yes. what, what year did you retire, sir? Nineteen
0: ninety-one.
1: Okay. Uh so were you en- enlisted or officer?
0: Enlisted.
1: Enlisted? Okay. What was your AFSC? <laughs> you <were> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My AFSC was 30484. 30484, I think it was. No, no, no. Hang on. Hang on. I'm getting my ID number at work mixed up with it. 30 <laughs> It was it was it was uh Anyway, I was radio ground radio uh uh, uh, the, the fixer, you know, I, I worked at uh, the air traffic control towers with the, the uh, yeah. oh, radios good. and stuff and radars. So it was fun, but it only lasted four years. So, well, anyway, you came That's up on, fine, reti- huh? <laughs> well, you came up on retirement. You kind of made a, uh, made some choices for your life at that point where most people would maybe sit back and relax, but what did you do?
2: Well, you know, after having so many kids in our life and having our own kids, You know, I worked and worked and worked and I wanted to retire earlier, but I had another friend, she was a lieutenant colonel in the military and she worked until she was 70 and said, don't you dare quit until you're 70. You have it in you. Don't retire until you're 70. So I stopped working at one full-time job and went to a part-time job, which means I would have stayed for almost two years before I got 70. So when I turned 70 in uh, 2020, on June the 14th, that was my birthday, it was a Friday, I quit that day. I always said I was going to write a book for like years. When I was active duty uh, officer, I was stationed at Fort Belvoir in um, 89, 89, 90. Yeah. And I used to work the night shift with them young, um, enlisted soldiers on the night shift, you know, nurse, I'm a nurse, so we'd uh-huh. always sing old music and I would tell them old stories and they were way younger than me. <laughs> and they used to, I used to say, oh, Captain Stockton, you gotta write a book. I was like, you know, I'm gonna write a book one day. And I would say that for like, how many years? Forever. I so and I'd tell, because I'm a good storyteller and I used to tell people kinds of stories. Not just my kids and foster kids, all kinds of stories. They always always just really be entertained. And I said, I'm going to write a book one day. So I said, when I got out that day, when I retired that June 14, 2020, uh-huh. I started writing that yeah. book about three months later because when I first got out, I got lazy I said, oh, how am I going to write a book? I don't know how to write a book. And I have a sister, a guide sister. And she was working through a woman who was uh, an author. And she helped people. She mentored people. She introduced us, you know. And it's so funny, when she called me, my sister called me and said, I gave her your number, she's gonna call you and she's gonna help you get started on that project. So she called me one day and she said, hi, my name is Coretta. And she said, your sister tells me that you wanna write a book. I said, that is true, so, so let's write a book. I said, okay. And like that. she said, tell me something first before we start. I have a picture of you right here that your sister gave me. I work with your sister, you don't look nothing alike. So how are you sisters? Are we you your foster sisters? Guardian sisters? I said her mother was my guardian when I was in Baltimore in high school. Cause her mother, and my mother were best friends. My mother wanted to leave the state. So I needed somebody to be in charge when she left that state to go to school. So she became my sister by guardianship. Oh, I see. So then I went to author and she just she mentored me for like almost 10 months. Yeah. She helped me get started. She took me for our first uh, TV interview and she helped me get started. You know, it was just not looking back. And when I, I actually wanted to write a book. I told Erin. We don't have any money, we don't have generational money
1: uh-huh.
2: to leave our four kids, but we can give them memories. We
1: can uh-huh. write
2: memories so they can have books, they can share them with their kids, their grandkids, our life. So in that book that I write, it's about us and our kids. You know, all the time we were together. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted to just write that book so they would have that those memories. And then after I wrote the book, I had so many questions and so many people talking to me, and I felt like I had so much more to tell. I need another book. <laughs> <laughs> so then I decided at that point, right?
0: We decided to be a three-series. Do a book on foster care.
2: Okay. After the
0: series. After her series, uh, the reason I think the reason why we got into foster care was I was military. and she didn't be she wasn't in the military when we got married. And it looked like people would be moving in with us, our nieces, nephews. I, When I was stationed in St. Louis one time, I, came, I used to fly in on Friday and leave on Sunday. And uh, these two girls were in their pajamas. I'm thinking they're just sleeping over. In Maryland. I live in mm. Maryland. And she okay. in Maryland. I flew in the next weekend, and they're still in their pajamas. And I asked my daughter, I said, hey, uh, when are they going home? Oh, Dad, they live here. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> that when yeah. did that happen?
2: We, we, we knew those kids because we lived on Andrews Air Force Base for seven years. Okay. So the children were military brats. They had a lot of military brat friends. Yeah. So, you know, the military kids go from place to place and they fit in. So they were always around a lot of kids. So, you know, we didn't even start doing foster care until our last child was out of the house. You know, we had, we had the emptiness syndrome.
1: And how old were you then?
2: Yeah.
1: How old were you? Like, how old when were you I, when, when you started doing the foster?
2: Oh, I don't know. 40, 40 something. Okay. I 94. 94. 94.
1: No, 95.
2: 95. Since 95.
1: Okay. Since 1995.
2: So you were able was... to. I, I was just looking at the paper one day because the house was so empty with no kids. And I was reading the paper and they had an ad here about a foster child. She was Caucasian and the agency was up wanting a parent, foster parent for her because she was hard to place, so they said, because she was pregnant to an Afro-American boy. So three other women, two other women saw that ad. We all show up the same time for that child. When we get called in here, they mysteriously, mysteriously got us on the same day. So we came in and said, Oh, you're a false parent? No, we're meeting each other. So I came because I saw the story. They said, Me too. And I said, Me too. They didn't have that child. That child didn't exist. They told us that she was already placed. Now, was that true or was that bait and switch? So they talked us into coming to classes, you know, and thinking about being foster parents. And we all decided, because I wanted to get a kid. So I decided we went to our six weeks class and we ended up getting a kid. So our first kid was Caucasian. That was the only child they had at the time. They didn't want to place her with us because we were Afro-American hmm. and they had never mixed races. And that's back in the that 90 ages. Ages. Yeah. So I said, well, we're military, you know, retired military. We've been around. All races. It doesn't matter what color she is, you know? Exactly. You know, we, you know start talking everything and we got her. And to this day, she's 41 or four, 39 or 40. She contacted us when she was in Germany. She married a soldier because she had already told Aaron, dad, I'm gonna marry somebody just like you. And she searches on Facebook one day and she said, are you the Sandra and Aaron that used to live up in Marlboro and Maryland on Brickfield Drive? And we said, yes. I was so excited. She said, it's me, Michelle. And she gave us her, her real name, Michelle West, her maiden name. Oh, my God, I'm married, and this, that, another. When she came to Stateside, yeah. she came to see us in in Marlboro with her three kids, three daughters, a set of twins. It was just amazing. Oh,
1: wow. And in the book
2: I wrote about, There's Always Room for One More, she yeah. wrote a page in it. it oh, really? And she wrote a page in it. So
1: That's awesome.
2: I guess we could say we've been doing foster kids for a long time. Yes. Now, he, he we started with girls. Uh-huh. And then one girl in another agency, not ours, she accused a, a foster father of sexual it's kind of that's and always a fear, like. I think.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, they can they will accuse, they accuse you of things now. You get those kids, yeah. And then I told Aaron, I said, You know what? We had two girls up and said, When these girls leave, we're switching to all boys As we talked about it. I'm never have a girl accuse you of nothing because I'm going too much. So then right. we just switched to, so then you can speak to that. And he started
0: taking care of boys. Not only that, we see we were therapeutic foster parents, so you know, we had. Kids with alcohol problems, Drugs. sexual problems, drug oh, problems. So, you know, it was- uh, Stealing. Every, every you can name it. And, uh, you know, but I want to just say the reason why I liked uh, to be a foster parent is because I didn't have a dad. Mm-hmm.
1: In when your I life, was growing up.
0: In your it, life. In my life. Yeah. And, you know, I I always said, you know, that- to make a family, there's a dad and a mom. Yeah.
1: And, oh, yeah.
0: You know, let's give them structure. Because I didn't have structure. I was just, wow. Sure. And
1: the military helped you.
0: The military straightened me out. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, Absolutely. and I said, if I can do that, if I can help these kids, because most of the kids we, we have, had were from single parents. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and they would, and we would bring them in, and let's let's give them structure, you know, and and you can check with any of my foster kids, when they were living with us, I cooked breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and we sat down and ate. I I gave and we them said structure.
2: You told them how to say grace. Because you know? a lot of them didn't, most of them didn't say grace. Some did, most of them did. But when they left, we had them doing all kinds of things. And plus, I taught them like housekeeping and stuff. And we had a dishwasher in our house, but I never allowed anybody to use it. We we never used it. Because I told you, why can't we use the? Some called me mom, some called me Miss Sandy, mom or Miss Sandy. Why can't we use the dishwasher? Said, because when you leave here, you may not have a dishwasher. You need to know how to mm-hmm. do dishes. Yeah. And so they all had to do dishes, and if it wasn't right, they come back in. Oh, let me help you. Let me help you do a little better. The one thing you have foster kids, they're gonna they're gonna make mistakes. They're gonna do things not the best job. So you say good things because at least they try.
1: Sure. So we had some sure.
2: horrible with dishes, but you don't say, oh, you didn't wash the dishes clean. I don't like this. Not like that. You said, let me help you so we can do it better. You know, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. They know how to clean their room. Some of them, like, we had hoarders that would just
0: Yeah.
2: steal Christ off the cross. And you would mm. know he was missing yeah. the cross.
0: That's yeah. how good they were. You wow. know what I'm
2: saying? And they would, like, steal food. and. Food.
0: And their beds. I'm talking about the locks
2: The one kid we had.
0: Which one now? The locks on the
2: refrigerator. Remember? Oh, yeah.
0: With locks on the refrigerator. Why did we get
2: to put locks on the refrigerator? That one kid we got. No. I don't well, we well, forgot his name, <laughs> but because, I mean, the one thing was hoarding and stealing. So we actually got a lock on a refrigerator to help him put out the That's snacks incredible. he can have at night so he didn't have to worry about stealing food and make sure he had enough. And everything, yeah. people come out, you got a lock in your It's a reason for that. Not because you sure, no I mean, don't have anything.
1: If he grew up not, it. you know, not knowing if he had enough food, of course.
2: Yeah, yeah you know, I mean. Seems like
1: a natural and thing. And
2: because they never had food, you know, they they do that because they think they're not going to get any.
1: Of course. Even though they're in a safe
2: place, a nice home, and they're eating up, they still have that thought in there. What if all of a sudden we don't have food?
0: And the main, main thing is you got to make them a member of your family.
2: Yes.
0: They are family. All our foster kids knew my my grandparents, my mother, all our aunts, uncles. We oh, wouldn't just, if we're going on a vacation, they're going with us. We wouldn't mm-hmm. send them to respite. know they're... This you're part of the family. A lot of the foster parents, Use they're rescue. going to invest on on a vacation. They take their kids and and send the foster kids somewhere else. No, maybe
2: beca- that's because in the program yeah. you're allowed to have rescued the people on vacation. So somebody in the agency can get your kid while you take that break. But we wanted our kids to know we're not sending you nowhere. And when we mm-hmm. did go on vacation without them, our two daughters would watch them. And one of my girlfriends was a nurse. They were family. They were family. Yeah. They, they knew yeah. Kim. They, knew, they called me and Kim and Carmen. They knew our kids. They know we're not shipping them anywhere. We took many of our kids to Disney. One of our kids we took to Disney, Lord Jesus, we got, kicked out, got us kicked out of Universal Studios. <laughs> and he was Caucasian, young guy, you know, hanging with my, my grandkids. There's a teen club. You can't smoke and come in there. He just decided he's going to go in there anyway and get smart with the police officer. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They came to find me and everything. He said, you just leave the park. We we'll, won't we'll press charges. So then all my grandkids are mad because we got kicked off the park. <laughs>
1: Could have left him yeah. home, no, no, no. Mom.
2: But, you know, did we come to ruin and tell the agency to take him back? No. Nope. No. We just said, well, I guess we're going to big vacation. You have to go to respite. I'm really sorry. We never did make it. We still
0: kept them going places. But you give them some threats so they can think which are going to be missing. And yeah. one, another thing you got to remember is treat them like your kids. I, one of my foster kids, I was, I was at home. He took my truck. And it ran out of gas. That's the only way she found out. And, you know, he came in and was crying to Sandy. Says, Miss Anne, uh, I got to tell you something. I took a, uh, Aaron's, Mr. Aaron's, Mr. Car. Aaron's car and it's down the street. It ran out of gas.
2: And I'm like, what'd you take it for? You know what he wanted? He went to the store to get a pack mm. of cigarettes.
0: And he was 18.
2: He, was like, I, he said, I had to <laughs> smoke Miss Andy. I had to. Why didn't you just ask me? I know you can drive. Up. I took you there. You
0: know, but for the agency, we were supposed to report him. And I said, no, we were not. Our our son took our trucks, took our car, our car many times, you know, and I didn't turn him in or put him in jail. So you got to, of course, like like a regular kid. You know, know, they make mistakes. You know, they come to us with mistakes. So, you know, you just got to. Our
2: kid took his truck when he was in Korea, and I was home working. I came home one day. And this one day, I took the long way around. It was summer just to see the neighborhood. I came down in front of the house, and this truck was all smashed on the side. I'm like, what nah, the heck? Oh, no. He's in Korea. How did I truck? So I go in the house, and I had four kids in. And my youngest said, don't look at me. I don't have a driver's license, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> my baby daughter said, me either. And then the older one <laughs> was coming home. So now we know who it was. Why would you take mm-hmm. your dad's car and wreck it? Why didn't you tell me? Oh, my God. So I he was coming home in like 30 days, 40 days. I got my mechanic. I don't care what you do. You fixed that car, so it looks like nothing ever happened to it. But now he's <laughs> to come home and kill his kid over that truck. And he, he, didn't, he didn't ever know. I told him later. He never knew that truck was red. Like later, I didn't tell him. <laughs> you can't tell everything, you like, man.
1: No, that's true. That's true. I, I, it just amazes me that you you just you didn't just get your garden variety foster kids. You got the foster kids that needed fixing. You it that needed immunity. needed help. Yeah, I mean, a it's nurse. It, I that, all kinds of that's even more stuff. amazing.
2: And we had many kids that came with us, most of them, mostly oh, yeah. on medication. The first one we got, she was on so many medications. And I'm a nurse, so I know those medications. I looked at my mom, I said, "Wait, why is she on this? We're talking about a 12 year old girl. So I went to the wow. uh, psychiatrist during the first visit with the case manager. <clears throat> Couple months, she went, I said, no, I want to go along. And when I got here, and you would not believe in my, I asked the doctor, "When's the last time you actually saw Michelle? When's the last time you actually saw her to see if she needs these medications? I said, I'm a nurse, yeah. registered nurse. And all these medications, you know, some of them are doing the same thing. Let's get her off. We start, we weed her off everything. The bad thing about that though, when we weed her off, she's doing great at school and everything. The Agency, now removing her because she's no longer therapeutic. She's not on medication. Oh my God! Oh, we were just, uh, we were so hurt about that child, right? They yes. moved her and she uh, went to a family and she was in a fa- family where her mother was dating a black male. And she had two brothers that were biracial and they were black. She, she wanted to come to a house with no kids, that was us. So when they moved her, they moved her to a home of a white couple who adopted two black little boys and that would make her the oldest. So she would call me crying, they make me do everything, I all these chores. And a, the hard thing about it was her just not uh, knowing that she can come back to us but we can visit. And one day the lady called me and she said, oh, Michelle's just acting so bad. She's just, she's not listening. I said, what is she doing? You know, like that. She said, well, she refuses to, she, she he said, on our dinner table, we all say what we're grateful for. We go around the table and say what we're grateful for. I said, well, we never did that in my house. She's not used to that. Why don't you yeah. let her say grace? She not have to say that, you know? It was something that well, simple. You can't take a foster child and make them automatically do what you do. You have to well, ask them what they're comfortable with. Well,
1: it sounds like they just needed a maid is yeah. what it sounds That's like. She well. ran
2: away. She yeah. ran away. She's in my book. She ran away. And she called me one night. It was like nine, something up to nine. And she's crying. I said, where are you at? You know, she said, I ran away. Where are you at? She said, I the McDonald's. It was somewhere in St. Mary's. It was far from where we live. She said, I'm at the McDonald's. I said, where is it at? What was it? Where, what McDonald's are you at? I got that information as to where she was. I said, she said, are you going to come? I said, I'm coming. Don't go nowhere. Well, I didn't go because she was really mm-hmm. far from us. So I called the agency. So Somebody went and picked her up. Now she's mad at me because I told where she was. I don't care. At night, by herself, a young white girl at yeah. McDonald's. In the wrong neighborhood, I didn't think it'd happen to her. So then she yeah. actually got to come back and save her that's temporary, you know, they moved her from there and she went somewhere else. And you know, it just kept going like that because as once the kids they're not therapeutic, they're not on medicine. And that's sad.
1: See that's just strange. It seems like, you know, I, I I don't know why they wouldn't let you keep her since you kinda like fixed her. And that's what that's the whole idea. You you kinda got her away from the uh, the medication the and, and everything that's just...
2: foster care is broke. Yes. False care system is broken, yeah. it is broken. And you know, I write in my book that we need to give more help to the case managers. You know, mm-hmm. those people who work with the kids one-on-one, they need more help, they need more assistance because they're cut off at what they can do. You know, some agencies, every state is different. Every county is different in Maryland. Some states will give their kids the moon. Some kids, depending on where they are, they get nothing. We don't have a budget, yeah. we can't give you this, we can't give you that. Some agencies buy their kids' cars. So it depends on where you are, you know, what you get. So the system, the system is broken. Would you say the system
0: is broken? It's very broken. You know, it's like like Sandy was saying, we had kids leaving us. This agency would put them in an apartment. When they're 18, them age them out. Yeah. And because mm. actually they would stay, you can stay in the foster care system until you're 21. If they go to college, yeah. they, get, they get a free ride. In Maryland. And a lot of them junior kids, college. junior college. A lot of those kids, yeah. they would tell me uh, when the kids came to us, we would tell them, What do you want to call us? Most of the school kids wanted to call us grandpa. They didn't want nobody to school near their foster. Yeah, nobody. I don't want you coming no. up there. You know, I'll just grandpa. So we would give the kids a choice. What do you want to call us? Mr. Stockton, Mr. Sure. Aaron, grandpa, uncle. It's your choice. And uh, wh- why I'm saying that is, when you bring these kids into your home, you want them to be- become part of it. Like I have choices. Th- they are chores. We say, you go in the room and make up a-, a list of your chores.
2: What you think you want to do. What you want to do.
0: And when yeah. we would come in, you know, you, you just can't say, yeah. oh, you got the dishes. You got to the- walk the dog. You got to do this. No, you can't do that. No. You know, make them part yeah. of the family.
2: And-, and you just you just do it. You know? Yeah they'll be more than happy to help you with chores you give them. So when we just go over it with them, okay, I agree with this here, but maybe we can change this a little bit. No different things like that. So when we first started doing foster care, we could have up to three kids in our house. So that's why we've had so many. Because a kid can come to you for one day to two years or more. So we had many kids that came. It was an emergency. We need some work for this kid. Can you pick them up from the hospital? We should do stuff like that. I need you to keep them for a day or two. A day or two might turn to 30 days. Whatever you could do, you could do things like that. Then they changed it as time went by because they found out that some people are not taking care of their kids. And like some people say foster parents are in for the money. Well, you shouldn't be because you don't really get that much money. You have to have your own way to be able to take your kids to Disney, you know, yeah. fly them somewhere and go. You have to have your own money. The agency's not going to pay for that, you know. So if you are in it and you take that money, what are you giving the kid? Then they're getting nothing. They're probably worse off than yeah. where they were, you know. You know. Yeah. And, Especially
1: if you're just, you're just doing it for self defense. Yeah, you're reasons. just doing it. Yeah.
2: People say that, but no. You can't do this for the money because there's no money, really. You know, if you got a kid for 30 days, what they give you, it's room and board. You can't, they can't live off that.
1: Yeah. You know, you said something earlier about picking their own chores. I think I think a lot of times, I would think, I've never been in that situation, but you give them just that little bit of autonomy to to be able to make the choice on what to call you, what chores to do, all that kind of stuff. I think they probably, some of them may not have ever had that kind of choice exactly. of, of anything. So, I mean, and that kind of made them even feel more part of the family than, than uh, anything else you might have done too. Yeah. Yeah. Had, I, I think that's, that was really important.
2: Yeah, we, don't, you, we, we just usually did teenagers,
0: right? When well, we then we boys. went and started doing independent living kids. and that More that's, grown up. Yeah. 18, okay. 19, 20-year-olds.
1: Oh, gosh.
2: yeah and, and again, that, bless you. I don't know how you boy, do it. So, you know, He taught them it was good to have a guy in her life. He's doing the guys at those ages. Another thing I did, sure. did too, you're not allowed to let your foster kids drive your car. Now, listen to this. They can't drive your car, no. but they won't send them to the driver's training and pay the money to get them to go to school. They they don't do there's no budget. So we did now we can't get arrested now because we're not false parents anymore, but we taught a lot of our kids how to drive. <laughs> I would take them to the local high school in my car on the parking lot when school's out, yeah. talking about the park, how to drive, do everything. We sent them to driver's school and most time we paid it. Or if they were the independent living were working, they had to save their money. We get them independent living, then we get their license.
1: I wonder what the root of that rule is. I wonder why they uh, they made that to where you're not supposed to let them drive your car. That's that's kind of a... oh, hurt, I, see. I
0: see. You know, that, I, I'm pretty sure that that was the reason. An accident, an accident, or something.
1: But I mean, if you insured them like your own child, yeah. it seemed like it would be yeah, you know, uh, they it'd they be have, a wash. They just have so many rules. It's interesting. It's a, so you, you know, it, when you're talking about the, the, about the yeah. And you were talking about the budgeting and everything, and, of course, it just hit me. (laughs) But we can afford to send all this money over to other countries, but we we can't take care of our own kids. It's just amazing. Yep, we do. We do. Absolutely. And
0: it's the kids. You know, it's the kids that are are already, you know, like I was saying earlier, that's the reason why it was easier for me to get into foster care, because... They needed. They needed somebody. You know, father. You know, they needed a father, father figure. Because a lot of kids came in, they uh, they had sisters and brothers, but they had different fathers. So this grandparent would do something for this kid, and the other kid would say, "Well, why not me? You know, my grand—I don't even know my grandparents. You know, so like when they're
2: young, they feel left out because they don't understand why that person, why they're not getting along. Because we had two kids that were separated." And we were all for it because the one kid had grandparents who wanted him and wanted to adopt him. They had the same fa- same mother, different fathers. The agency didn't want to separate them because the other kid had no family. But you're hurting the kid who has a family. Hmm. So we went to court and battled for that, for that separation. Said, so let's make some rules that the kids have to see each other twice a month, two or three times a month. Whoever has the kids, we had the one. Brother, and we said, we'll make sure he sees that, that brother, that his grandparents can bring him to yeah. our house, excuse me, twice a month or more. We get him for weekends
1: yeah. with
2: his brother all the time. So it actually. Why would that people.
1: separation be okay? Yeah.
2: You can't just hurt one child, hurt both childs because of one.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's just <laughs> it's so many weird rules. And yeah, that's, I don't know. At least you, There's you, you happened. found a way around it and, and you, you, uh, advocated for that. You know,
2: and sometimes, you know, people are mad at you or whatever because of what you feel and what you think,
0: but sometimes you just gotta speak up. You gotta speak. Up. Yeah. Well you yeah. gotta be their parent. You gotta be the, these yeah. kids' parents. We would go, I would go into the school meetings and fight for them. I'd go to the mm-hmm. therapist, you know, what are you doing? You're trying to we had one child was going to therapy yeah. for a year and Sandy asked, Well what are y'all talking about? She hasn't said nothing to me
2: She's in, my in a year. She and she said,
0: I bet you don't want to see me now, mom saying because now
2: you'll probably say, does she ever shut up?
0: <laughs> She's 41 now. But the therapist was seeing her for a whole year for 45 minutes. And they she said, the child ain't never That's said anything word. to her. I couldn't believe it. And
2: yeah. she was
0: an Afro-American girl in the
2: therapist. And one day I went in, she said, I don't think she should keep coming here because she really, we don't, she never talked. She never talked to you? Why are you just now telling me that? You know, she just never talked to yeah, yeah. And then they actually moved her from us, right? Because we thought since she, and she didn't talk to us at home. We didn't have no conversation, yeah. just like not normal. So yeah. then they moved her to a family. And she tells me this actually a couple months ago. They were the worst people in the world, mom. <laughs> the worst. I wish <laughs> I just would have talked and stayed at your house and say, you know, things happen for a reason. And then she went to another family, a white family. She was called, okay, She said they were wonderful. You know, and then um, she ran back into us like, Years later, she had a little boy and she was having some problems. She ha- happened to be at the Metro and she was like uh, disciplining her little boy. And some lady called the police on her in DC. They took her baby. They took her kid, like four or oh, something. No. So she called me because I never changed my number. All the years we've got kids, we got the same phone numbers. And she called me one day and she said, like, tell me I said what? I said, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna hook you up with Carmen. Carmen's our baby daughter. She's a school teacher. She's a teacher okay. in Fairfax County, Virginia. I said, call your sister, Carmen. I'm sure she'll help you out because she's an advocate for uh foster care so she helped her okay she got her in housing she got our boy back she got her kid back she said she'll never forget that i said because i was carmen's mom he was carmen's dad where our kids are strong kids they they fight for you they'll fight so she got a lot back yeah. so she's in the book if yeah. you ever get that book and read it, she writes in that book and she said oh, i bet you wouldn't want around me now because you'll say does she ever shut up you
1: know that got fixed maybe that was the the, uh, the whole point
2: you know know what they they take in like we had another when we were doing girls remember the net yes. she's a sweetheart she was something else and one day she was home with me alone and she was she was oversized she's obese really big for a teenager and he was at work and uh i was down in my basement she was upstairs and i was downstairs her just now flop you know like something falling through the floor. i run up there she done she took an od she od'd i'm oh, by man. myself she's really big i gotta get to the phone we didn't have mobile phones then. So she's on the floor, yeah. and I hear her breathing, so I tilt her to her side. You know, being a nurse, I tilt her to her side, and i propped her with the pillow so she be not choke. I called that woman. I went back in to stay with her until they came. I said, the front door is open. Just come straight in. And they got her, you know, and took her I said, how are we gonna, that's how big she was. How are we going to get her out of the room her size? They aroused her and got her out with two people, three people, and walked her out to that ambulance. She went. Years later, we get a phone call from her school, and they asked to speak to me, and they told us that, they wanted to invite her, her, a Sylvanette's so graduation, 12th grade graduation. I'm like, is she, is she graduating? Because yeah. I used to tell her when she was young, <laughs> you're never going to make it to school. You don't want to listen. You don't want to study. That's all right, Just be a dropout. You're going to find out where you're going to be. So you don't know if that maybe stuck in her head one day to challenge me, like, oh, she thinks I'm not. She thinks I'm not. Yeah. And we went to her. I'm going
1: to prove it to her. We went to her yeah.
2: graduation, and she had the nerve to make her stand up in front of the whole school she got to be the speaker. I said, "Lord Jesus," so, and my foster parents. Wow. She made us stand up and she pointed us out, and we weren't even all dressed up. We were all like bummish kind of like <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my God!" She's <laughs> stand up. thanked everybody. Was clapping. I said, "Oh my God!" We were so proud of her. We we met her real mom was there, and some siblings, and they were really nice. She thanked yeah. us. And said, I'm so glad you were in her life. I'm so glad. I really thank you and you know, everything. So, but you never know.
0: Even though she OD, no, we kept know. their medicine locked. So uh, she was cheeky. She was mm-hmm. cheeky.
2: Yeah, they they take. You think they oh, up and They hold it in their mouth. Then they take the pills down. Then they it. spit it
1: back out. And, oh, we yeah. got
2: to learn how to look for the cheeky yeah. tongue up, tongue up, sideways, up, oh under the tongue, everything.
1: That's a full time job full-time you had job, there. You know. I just. <laughs> we, did that, we did that. But you know. It, they were. I read a stat um, had to be a few months ago, where the uh, you know the kids from the '60s or the parent uh, structure, the family structure in the '60s, compared to now across all demographics, was just totally different because of lack of father figures yeah. slowly over the years, and. I think you hit on that. It's like, you know, if you don't have both parents to kind of come at different angles and and explain, you know, especially when you have boys, you know, they they need to understand boy things and and girls need to understand the girl Mm -hmm. things. And, you know, and and our culture today doesn't like to make a distinction, but there certainly is a distinction.
0: Yeah, It is. Uh, Most of the
2: kids, we've had so many kids. Uh, My marketing person asked me the other day, Santa, do you know the name of all those kids? I said, no, I'll tell you what. I can probably Mm -hmm. wrap up a whole bunch of first names. I'm not going to tell you I remember last name we were talking, trying to call us some names the other day. I said, do you remember anyone? What'd you say? I can't, what'd you say?
0: Can't remember?
2: I can't remember. You ain't going to be a good person at court. You can't remember nothing. So, I mean, and they hit us up on on social media because someone hit us up and remind us of who they are, you know? Absolutely. So it's really pretty cool, you
0: know? And we were saying that you have to bring your family. Your family have to become involved with your foster kids.
2: So because,
0: they can feel I'm going to give you an example. Our two daughters, we we did not send our kids to other people, so they would watch them. And then the agency came in and said, okay, if you're not in our agency, you can't watch the kids. So both of our daughters uh, joined the agency. Our oldest daughter- mm-hmm. No, they didn't say that. Because we could we could choose anybody we wanted to watch
2: them yeah. as long as we knew them. But they told them, well, wasn't you doing all this for your mom and yeah. dad? Maybe you might want to be foster parents uh, to talk about Kim.
0: Our oldest daughter became a foster parent. She actually adopted two, two. sisters. Yeah. Two and oh, wow. uh, you know so and then our youngest daughter, the teacher, she does she does commu- bi- she does communal because she's bilingual.
2: He's bilingual.
0: So we had to. She was okay. getting the, the border kids.
2: The border kids coming across the border, and then she was she was okay. here with her kids one time, and I had to watch them for her. Oh, I can't speak Spanish. And she put this you know, this program on my phone. Well, here you are, mom, because I got something to do. Then she I mean, having kids working. Can you take them to corporate? What am I going to say, I guess, Here you are, mom. Here's the, here's the website. Here's the link. Put the word in. Show it to him. He can read it, right in <laughs> Spanish. He'll tell you. And he come back to me and then transfer back to English. I got pretty good at that. So but she's really good. And she like, I and like she said, you can fall in love with your kids, and you can just you just love them. Remember her voice? Yeah. Talk yeah. about that. She loved them when they took them. The one oh, she yeah. went to graduation. Oh
0: yeah, he. Ruben. He was Camino, right? No, he wasn't. The no. other ones were. But uh, he. Yeah, was, he was. He was. But. Yeah, he was doing good here with her, but they decided he turned eighteen now, well, and he was on no medicine. And he wasn't on any medicine. They moved him to Texas. Dallas, Texas, right? So far away from her. And you know, he, you tell her because
2: she stayed in touch though because yeah. she, she all the ones she had who left. They have phones, and she pays their bills, even though they're not with her. She's our nurse. She knows where they. Yeah. She has an iPhone, but she knows where they are. All of them where they are. She just went to his high school graduation. That's mine. Yeah, yeah, she flew there, stayed with him, awesome. got him everything, and he's, he's he's almost has his papers now. He wants to go in the Air Force. hmm His citizenship.
1: That's oh. a good choice. You're you're right there <laughs> near San Antonio, right so right why there. not? Yeah, that, now. It, <laughs> now, the, um, you mentioned a two-year limit that you could only have these kids. Is that pretty now, typical? Them, or do you know? Some
2: people can have I mean, them. depends if you're not in Stephen and fall together. can have them for five years or, or more years. But it was because we were taking okay. older kids. The last kids we had were like oh, I really see. young. Okay. You know, that's the two we wanted to separate, you know. And then after that, it's kind of yeah. like we were on burnout. We're like, you know what? And they have so much energy. And you get the 60s and 70s, you have yeah. the energy. Yeah. And we just said, you know what? We don't have energy, man. <laughs> We had this one little kid, they asked me, they said, well, we have a, I don't know what we were thinking, what I was thinking. Yeah. We have a six-year-old, can you just watch it for the weekend? I said, I don't know, you know, and my daughter was there with me, you know, and he was in the air and he was like running all through the house. I said, oh my God. He ran up the steps, ran in my room, jumped on my bed and did a flip-flop, and I thought he was going to hit his head in the back of the head. I said, Lord Jesus, he didn't even land his VSA. He said, I told you I do flips all the time. I was oh you can't do flips here. So my daughter was here.
1: And <laughs> he wanted here. to
2: take a bath because he said where well, he his foster parents never let him take a bath by himself because he was six. They always have to bath me like I can't bath myself. I said they probably don't want you to drown in the bathtub. He said I'm going downstairs and ask Miss Carmen. Can I take a bath in her bathtub because she's she has a nice bathtub and I saw it. And then I said well go down and ask her. So he went downstairs <laughs> and asked her and she's she's too dumb yeah. So I put a little water and I put bubbles in and she said oh he was having a good old time. And then he asked her, can I sleep in your room or your sofa? Because <laughs> we have an apartment like right now. She said, because Miss Meany upstairs, she means me. <laughs> he said, Miss Meany
1: upstairs has too many
2: rules. That was Lord. Says, you know, that was our thing. That, oh, we're about done, right? Yeah, we're, we're done. We're done, now. we're done. We're done.
1: If if that, if that was a, the worst thing they could say about yeah, you, then that's okay. a cute little
2: thing. I <laughs> like, Lord, and he's fabricated stories. He said his dad was in prison. He killed his mom. None of it was true. None of it <laughs> yeah. was true. When we met the oh falter person, gosh. take him back. She said, Oh my God. I said, what did he tell him I said, said, Oh, none of that's true. A- six year old, how'd you get that in your head? <laughs> that story.
1: I don't know. Is it, He's going to future Stephen King or something no, with no, weird you never, stories. Do no, like you know what I'm saying?
2: How do you get that story in your head <laughs> for
1: a six I don't I know. That's, that's maybe bad TV. 100
0: kids, because I used to work at a boys group home. And the girl's group, group home. Mm-hmm. So when the agency was when short we start talking about how many kids. Uh, it's, it's, it's in so our lives. You know. There's so
2: many. But you know, it's rewarding because we can actually tell you stories of many of them who are successful. Many of them. We have mm-hmm. one, and I won't mention his name. He's he's the sweetest thing. And he was like a bedwetter when he came. And I had a hard time breaking him because I was mean, 18. So I'm doing the schedule. And you can imagine how your matches and everything is ruined. you got to get covered and mm-hmm. figure this out. Sure. No, I'm not, they didn't tell me that when he came. But no, I'm not kicking him out because now I'm stuck. Let me figure out how we're going to work this. So I got on the schedule. I said, I'm going to wake you up. I know. Let's cut off order at like seven o'clock. No more than seven o'clock. I'm going to wake you up. When you go to the bathroom, before you go to bed. Every three hours, soon, I'm going to wake you up. I'm going to wake you up. You'll get used to it. And I did, even though I was tired. Let I me mean, drag him and wake him up. I go to the bathroom. And uh, I did it for several kids. <laughs> I would go in wake him up. Pretty soon, he was doing it by himself. He wasn't wetting anymore. One of the things we think was wrong with him, he was a baby. His mother was um, a drug addict. And she used to take him to the grocery store, right? At to steal. And what she would do is take him with no clothes on, with a jacket on. And she was still me, because you could get a lot of money for me. She was stuffing on his clothes in his jacket, he said. Oh my God. You know, and stuffing. He told me he would never speak to her again, I don't know if he does now. But Aaron ran into him, uh, if he ever did, he ran into him like several years back when he was a grown up, you know? And he was like engaged to a school teacher he was working. He was doing really good in the county. So kids turn out to be good if they just have the opportunity. Structure, sure. It's a structure and opportunity.
1: L- like you said, structure. structure. Absolutely, structure helped me in the military too. Some I mean, kids get away. I've got, um, you know, yeah, I know. But I mean, none of these kids no. should be thrown away. I mean, they're 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 human beings. I mean, they're they're made in God's image. We, there's, and just there's no just won't reason. work for
2: you. you the age so they can find another family that might be a better fit. You know, because you're sure. probably at the age. You remember the Charles Manson, the Charles Manson story.
1: Yeah. We mm-hmm. had
2: a mm-hmm. He We got a little boy. Cause a little boy, Cute little thing. Had the long hair like that and everything. And one of the reasons why he was an age, he was a, he was an emergency placement. We didn't have any kids that time. He was an emergency placement because he tried to kill his mother. Young little tiny thing. Oh, gosh. So he came, everything, and Aaron pretty good Aaron was working part-time. He out of the Air Force then. And one day Aaron was still at work and I was home. And he had a bedtime. He gave him like 10 or something. And then he was sitting in there and like, he said, well, and I said, you know, it's almost time for your bedtime. I think you should like get ready to go to bed. He said, I am Miss Sandian. I go back in the to he's still sitting and now it's almost 10 o'clock now, you're still sitting. You really need to get ready, you know, to go to bed before Mr. Ace comes home. He said, I'm going to go outside and have a cigarette and then I'm going to go to bed. So he goes out to have a cigarette. Now he's, he's like, acting. he looked like Charles Manson. I said, like, I remember that. And then he got <laughs> his ear arm. <on>. Yeah. <laughs> about that.
0: No, you, you he's came dead. home. I came home and you told me. He's in there, dyed, dyed his hair. And I said, hey, orange. orange. I said, okay. I, I act like it, it didn't phase me. I said, oh, that's nice. I said, guess what? While you're here these two weeks, I don't take kids with orange hair anywhere. <laughs> and he said, And I said, only thing I asked you to do, I didn't freak <laughs> yeah. out, clean my bathroom. You know, clean we it. Did. I said, you made it easy for me. Because yeah. I'm not taking nobody with orange hair anywhere. So anyways. I come home, he's out working. That's good. And That's I'm structure. There
2: talking to him. He has the long orange hair looking like that. And I, he goes by my cigarette. And then I'm in my, my room. was downstairs. When you walk in the room, it was like a little step down. So he came back in. He says, and now I'm sitting on the floor. So he's standing up now. He's towering me. And I'm thinking, what's, 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 what's on his mind? I don't know. So he's standing there and he's looking down. And I said, uh, it's 10 o'clock. It's like after 10 years to go to bed. Then he walks right in my room and sits down right beside me. And Aaron had gave me this big knife thing. <laughs> Just in case anybody tried to hurt me, defend myself. Right. I'm thinking, Mike, I'm thinking, <laughs> Lord Jesus, I'm going to kill nobody's child. George, you know I don't. Don't let this go that way. Don't let it go that direction. <laughs> so he sits beside me. He goes, hey, you don't want to be goes, killed either. Goes, so yeah. I was stuffing him. Up. He said, why and you tell me you needed some help to step out? I said, because I didn't need any help. Well, it looks like you do. You're in here still stuffing him. So now I'm thinking, oh my God, which way going to go? And all of a sudden he comes in. He walks in the room and says, what are you still doing? Oh, Mr. Ace, I was on my way right now to go to bed.
0: But they need that male <laughs> influence. You see what I'm saying? She yeah. was there. Absolutely. He, as soon as I walked mm-hmm. in. What time is your bedtime? Oh, Mr. Ace, I'm ready to go. I'm going now.
2: He ran right upstairs. I said, Lord Jesus.
0: But she said.
2: But I said that night. That's <laughs> what I said. she's not come on tomorrow.
0: This kid better not be in my I house. I said, when
2: I come from work tomorrow. You better figure out what you and the agents gonna do with that kid. Because I kept thinking, what if he would have thought I was his mom, just some transferring stuff? He was in there for it, trying to kill his mom. Yeah, yeah. What if he just in his brain uh, thought maybe I was her?
1: Well, thank God <laughs> yeah. he was there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but you know, it, it's like my dad had the same kind of thing. He had a tone in his voice, and I picked up on that whole thing with with my son because I'm normally very laid back. I don't have a you know, but I have a tone that when when I internally get ticked off that kicks in. And he knows that, you know, stuff is going to, because he had one guy that, um, he was probably 16, 17. He didn't like living at home because his parents had too many rules. So he decided to sleep on my couch for, it ended up being about two weeks at a time. And, uh, so anyway, I worked night shifts. So I I got up one afternoon he was still (laughs) there. And and I, I told my wife, I said, I'm, I'm going down there and today is the last day. And, um, And so she's like, going, well, I'm not going down there with you. And so I sat down and I I can't remember the kid's name off the top of my head, but I sat there. I said, you know how long you've been here? He goes, I don't know, a couple of weeks. I said, today is the last day. You're not going to be here when I get home in the morning. And he's like going, "Uh, uh," Chris goes, but dad, I said, he's not going to be here when I get home in the morning. And I walked out of the room and he was not there ever again. (laughs) So, and but that's that's kind of like dads have sometimes. to be the bad guys sometimes. You have sometimes. to kind of like, I don't know.
0: I was a good yeah. guy because the kids, um, when Sandy was spanking the kids, they would ask, Can dad beat us? <laughs> our, it means our kids, our kids. Um, they would say, No, mom, can dad spank us instead of you? You <laughs> go to your just
2: try and act like you're doing the spanking, but you're not. Of course, they didn't tell me that till they were grown up. We weren't really getting any spanking,
1: Mom. Well. Ah, you're an old softy. <laughs> look at you.
2: <laughs> 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 I think okay. that we need new, more parents who are willing to do foster care. And the book that we we wrote the book together. He's yeah. a collaborator on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I say in that book I call it a little mini book. It's only about 100 pages. And you know, good things come in small okay. packages. In that book, we gave them all the terminology yeah, yeah. you would never think of before you took a child when you go to an agent, any agent, your child—they're not telling you everything. Oh. You will, no, you will not. Know Apparently not, just, especially all the bedwetting eighteen-year-old. in your corner, what about this? What about that? In our book, we put all the terminology, Yeah. and we have stories about at least twenty or thirty of our kids. And a lot of our kids put their own stories in, and we let them. So it's a good one. Um, And even when we were like surprised, because I got an email that five copies of our book, six copies sold in Germany. I'm like, I don't know nobody in Germany. I wasn't even pushing that book for it. We just said, wow, you know. So maybe we better do something with this book. So we started to try to get our marketing team to help us out with doing some things. To get it going. Because people, we need foster parents. That's
1: fantastic. Yeah, more people need to get yeah. involved we need in foster this.
2: foster parents.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think budgeting probably would, it would be great if we could yes. put more money into this too. Because, you know, even if we I, parents, I don't know. It just seems like we, we are misappropriating funds in this country. Just so we who
2: consider... Just doing respite care. Somebody needs a break, can you take my kid for two days? Yeah. You know, can you get my kid for three days for the weekend or whatever? They can become foster parents and only do respite care. They don't have to have somebody full time, they can just do it. Yeah. I only do it yeah. when somebody's going on vacation. You know, it can be just like that. It'd have to be every day, so you're just getting tired of kids. But you know, if you have a, yeah. a, a big house like we had and you have no kids in there, it's room for kids. It's always room for one more. My mom used to say that. My mom said there's always enough.
1: Sure, sure.
2: Mm-hmm. And she had seven
1: what a what a what a great saying though what a, and especially if you live it out you know
0: and your mom so.
2: raised six of you right and
0: six of single us. mom That's, uh... and
2: mine was single mom
0: mm-hmm. yeah always <laughs>
1: my wife is one of six that her she was a single mom well, back
2: yeah. then families did that though You live with grandma wow. aunt. i we lived together back in the old days they kind of like they put people in the street They homeless oh yeah yeah they put people in the street somebody's always room for somebody somewhere
1: yeah yeah goodness gracious so uh, where can people everywhere. buy your book uh, amazon. is it just it's everywhere it. amazon come
2: up. it's on amazon and it's not to use my name because there are many books with that name there's always room for one more quite a few i searched it, it
1: i noticed that because I, I googled there's you plenty, also yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's okay now you've got other yeah, books well, too want to talk about those
2: 870 when i retired that was the first book i did was 40 good door street Surviving unpredictability. That was my first okay. one. And what I talk about here is when my first husband was murdered and my children were there. You know, I was widowed at 19 with four kids. So I always talk about all the struggles, you know, trying to make it and get through that. Um then I met I met um Aaron in 72. We got married in 73. I kind of made him marry me, you know, it's kind of like, I have kids, you know, and he didn't have any kids. He was in the Air Force. <laughs> And my goal, my intention was always to get out of my little town I grew up in, in York, Pennsylvania. I just wanted out. I didn't see no way out of it. I yeah. just stayed there. I mean, a lot of girls, young girls had babies. A lot of people were just trapped in there doing the same thing every day, all the time. And you grow up, your kids grow up and they're doing the same thing. Like I lived in the projects. I didn't want to repeat that with my kids. I had to move and grow and find my way around somewhere. Right. So I met him. We got married and about a year later, maybe a little bit less. We got married, and we've been together, this week 50 years yeah. together. You know, so he raised my kids.
1: Wow, that's fantastic. My goal was that, that. alone. I
2: needed that. That alone yeah, is, is such
1: a great milestone.
2: Yeah. In my book, I talk about my father was very abusive. Yeah, I mean. He was very abusive to my mother. She left him when I was 10, and that's a long story. It's in the book. But I talk about how my father never really loved, loved me, and he only really loved my older sisters as far as I thought. When I was a little girl, I don't blame nothing on her because she was a little girl and she can't help me like her better. We're all kids, you know, we're all the same. So, yeah. so many things that he did, yeah. I knew, I didn't want a man who's going to be like that around my kids. I want to pick and choose to make sure I pick the right person that it's going to last. Yeah. It's gonna work. I talked about, mm, I talk well, about apparently my did. Um, stepfather, which is really my stepfather by uh, law, common kind of law. And he was the only dad I really ever had. So, when he passed, I thought I could never hurt that much ever for anything, but I could, I did. So I wrote that in that next book and that was called yeah. Trials and Tribulations. Just continuing to talk about all the things that I was going through in life. And this third book I'm talking about, my life in the military. I'll talk about also about the losses in the military because my mother and my sister died in a tragic house fire when I was stationed in Korea. You know, and my our youngest son was murdered. Oh no.
1: And,
2: you know, um, not too long after that. And then my brother, my only brother, died from cancer, pancreatic cancer. So I talk about a lot of things like that, things I couldn't talk about before. I also talk about the way I see about racial issues and prejudice in the military. People think it's not in there, but you know it's everywhere, Mike. Everywhere. It doesn't matter what establishment, what organization, what government place. It's just there. Yeah. I talk about how much I ran into when I was stationed at Fort Eustis in Virginia. And that's actually when I got off of active duty and went to the reserve unit because I was like, I couldn't take it. And then before I actually got out to transfer over, a, a, a full-girl colonel came to my house in Maryland. She's from D.C. And she was Caucasian. And I was explaining about all the racial stuff, everything that's going on. And I said, do you understand what's going on here? She said, I do. And that's why they are sending the me. I'm like, you're white. How are you going to fix that? I'm talking about all the, uh, the majors down there who were this just running thing. She said, because my husband's black. And I know what he's been through. So I can imagine what you're talking about. So then I knew that's a good, that's a good thing for them to do because she probably would work that out. And she really begged me to go. I said, I, I just can't go there. Sure. I'm still working around the same people that I had all the issues with I don't want to be there, you know? And so she said, well, at least go on the reserves. reserves. Yeah. Don't just throw it all away. And so I guess I can credit her for that. So yes. I did go into reserves and do the rest of those years. So I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of well, things good. That, that's good on, advice. Yeah. Even in the military, you know? There's, it's just stuff. So I'm talking about yeah.
1: that. <clears throat> I remember when... In uh, in 84, uh, I had a guy that I worked with, uh, and he was married to a white girl and we went to the mall one time. It's 84, 85. And, uh, we were walking through the mall for whatever reason. They had a, they had a little girl. And, uh, I, I just remember we were in, uh, we I was stationed at Pope, which mm-hmm. is, uh, on Fort Bragg. And, um, you know, it was like, there were people that would stare yeah. at them as we walked by and it's like, and first it didn't even hit me. And he was like, uh. Ron would look at me and go, see that, see that? And it's like, and I, I you know, as a right. white guy, you don't notice that kind of stuff. Because if you don't see through that lens, then you don't, you don't, you just don't see it. Um But that was, that was a little disturbing because once I finally saw that, I was kind of like, now while we were on duty, I right. never really saw that with him or because or, him and I worked together almost every day. Um, But I didn't see it in, in, on duty, but, you know, at, yeah. certainly off duty, we saw it. You know, and at, people when we were in me, town. I Am In Charge so. attitude. It's, it's, it, it was interesting, but I think we have, we, yeah, we've yeah. come a little bit, uh, uh, we've, made we've made some, some strides though, since then, but it's, it's going to yeah, take forever and yeah. a day.
2: Because as long as there's different color people in the world, and now people yeah. are blended so much, half of our grandchildren are bilingual. Our daughter married Hispanic, our son married Hispanic, yeah. our son a white girl, you know, our daughter is black. But you know, half of our kids are bi- biracial, our grandkids, so they're all mixed all over but they all love each other. They all know they got the same grandparents, you know? Yeah. But there's so many children out in the mix. I mean, I really think personally that the government decided to categorize in, are you black or white, Indian, Hispanic, or whatever, for a reason. For a reason. You know, still just separating us, doing things like that. That wasn't necessary, you know? What does it matter?
1: So. No, no. No. no, I agree. And, and maybe the more biracial we end up being as a nation, the, yeah. the less we'll focus on yeah. it, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just and and really, uh, I think it would be a good thing if most of us could yes. start to learn Spanish because it seems like it's coming one way or the nice other. I
2: mean,
1: I don't think that would hurt como anything. Se, como Sayama, that's
2: all. <laughs> that's all he knows. Yeah.
0: Who cares about that? You got to
2: know more than <laughs> that.
0: I, I, I spoke <laughs> to my uh, grandson's uh, pre- female friend yesterday, and I picked up the phone. And I said, "Come on, Sayama." She said, "I'm gonna teach you more than that." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, now, <laughs> I taught my son when he was when he was younger, I said, don't they style a And that was because <laughs> you you will always need that phrase, <laughs> no matter where you, you have, are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's what they do when they and come I'm here. They've got enough phrases to to yeah. get rid I mean, you know. So that's pretty much why yep. I did the, so the
2: book I,
1: about my yeah, life because I, I, I wanted my
2: children to have some uh, generational history. You know, and I found now that
1: yeah, people yeah. are you know,
2: really into it because like the, the talk, I, the speech I did yesterday, I got invited because in my first book, I talk about surviving through Hurricane Agnes. I walked out of that flood with my four kids in Pennsylvania when that came in 1972. And I write a chapter yeah. in my book and all of a sudden this guy calls a newspaper and said, can we use your story? Because it's the 50th year anniversary of Hurricane Agnes. So that's what I was speaking on in Pennsylvania yesterday. So it was pretty interesting. And it was good knowing that they oh, okay. actually read my book. Yeah. Because they asked me so many questions. And the one guy said, You must have read all my books. You were asking me so many questions. He said, I did. You know, because like I have the uh, audio <laughs> audiobook too, the other That's one's been awesome. The second one he said, I love the audiobook. You picked out a good voice, you know. She he said it sounded like me. Said, yeah, no, but I uh, yeah, there's no- <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Do you remember who that was? Do you remember who the uh, uh, the narrator the was Valika. that you hired?
2: Malika. Uh-huh.
1: Okay. Okay. I, I know a few yeah. of them, so that's She's why like, I was wondering it might have been somebody sitting. I knew. So mm-hmm. uh,
2: so I think this is a this book okay. journey is a good journey nice. for both of us. Nice. This is the foster care. Because the foster care, like when we switched to boys, it was more Aaron than me working with the boys. I taught my girls stuff, doing it just yeah. tune up, make her bed, like, you know, things like that, that they need to know. When he went back and talked to you about how the agencies will put kids, like this one kid yeah. that just got out of high school, graduated, and they put him in an apartment to share with another boy. And it was a Caucasian and a white boy. Our, Kid was black, other guy was white. And we went down to see their apartment, it was a darn pigsty. I said, now you know, at our house you did not live like this. Look at all those, di- <laughs> what are you gonna do But well, he dirtied them, but you live with him. Yeah. You live here. And that's what we're saying that like they put him out because they, they think they want him to be grown yeah. up. They're yeah. not grown up, they're not they're ready to leave our house at 18.
0: And they would give him a stipend for groceries. And he, he had all his friends over there. I said- Eating up the food. I said, they're eating up all your food. For the week, for the month, and two days later, he called me up, Mister Ace. I don't have any food over there. I said, "What did I tell you?" I said, "I'm gonna get you food this time, but do not. You, oh, boy. you got a I'm budget, you know. You these are your friends. Yeah, they don't come up. You got apartment. You got food. Yeah. They're gonna come over and and you know eat you out. So do not. Uh,
2: sure. Give, give up
0: your food. Yeah.
2: We had one him and this is a foster kid who's grown up. With three kids, he's got another baby. He calls him. Tell me bangs down in the tacos. Oh yeah. Told Mr. Ace to come down about two summers ago.
0: We're gonna have... have
2: tacos, right? He said, I'm going down to Tim's house to have tacos. I said,
0: okay, I so see you can get back. So then what happened? I'm driving down there and he calls me and say, uh um, Mr. Ace, can you uh stop and get some hamburger? I said, okay. <laughs> For okay. The tacos. But, uh, and then he calls me back, can you get some taco sauce too? and... Salsa and lettuce. <laughs> you must have done everything for taco. taco. But I, I, said, I like That's the last cool. time for
2: that. We see him. We go help yeah. him now all the time. Yeah. He's got four kids now. He's always calling. Call He's me mom, I'm going uh, But we have Really? Yeah. I know I wasn't always on with four kids. That's awesome. I don't
0: know That's awesome.
2: Like. So, yeah, yeah. They, they have a lot of them that calls yeah. all the time. Some don't call it at all. But yeah. Not a lot. I can say that. Out of all that we had, we really didn't have Man, that many bad ones. We had one that killed himself in a car accident, and that was the one that wrecked his car, and we just loved him. And the thing about him, his father was Krupa's clan. And when he when I'll let you tell him we went to his funeral, his mom called me one day. And I to, couldn't stand when she came around. She always begged for his money when he worked. She oh, and he would he would just bend, he couldn't help but he'd give it to her. You know, his mom give it to her. And she called me one day, and I know her boy, she said, wow. Sandra. I said, uh-uh. You sound like you're crying. Call Ace. So then he came up from work. I said, Did she call you? And he said, Yeah, where she went. And I said, Richard's dead. He said, I said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. He came to us for alcoholism, teen alcoholism. We went to L and I. We went to all his classes with him. We went to so many classes. He thought we was alcoholic, all the stuff. And um, we he got good and he got out, and he got a job, <laughs> and he went, got clean, got a job and everything. And he was at a party with some of his friends and they were drinking. He didn't need to drink he drank too much, got drunk, and he yeah. went to drive himself home. And his friends yeah. tried not to let him go and he was fighting at him and wanted to go, so they they left. He got in the car, drove home, hit an embankment on the way home, flipped his car over, and he died. So yeah. when well, we went to the funeral, his mom told us who it was. Oh my
0: goodness.
2: And then Aaron ran to his, his grandmother first. She thanked me. Grandmother,
0: she thanked me. And then she
2: thanked us for what though? For having Richard.
0: For having Richard, yes. She said, You you really turned him around. And he and and so, and then the dad came over and um, Richard had told me that I can't, Mr. Ace, I cannot take you over his, uh, his house. He would not let you on the steps. And he came over and hugged me and told me, thank you for taking care of my son. You made a man wow. out of it. He did, he did. You know, and when I went back to sit beside uh, his mom, she said, I never would believe. He would talk um, to you. Ku Klux. <laughs> my my ex-husband
2: <laughs> would hug a black man. Yeah. yeah. He, would, he would change. They it takes that kid to change. Isn't him. That something? The funny thing about him when we had him, we went out to dinner. Oh, he yeah. was only with us a couple of months. And we had him and a black kid. And that kid's dead too. He got murdered in New York when he left us. But anyways, we were out eating dinner and I and and we were passing the menu around. Everybody said, Everybody pick out what you want. You can have whatever you want. I are at the menu. All of a sudden, I look over because everybody's looking down, and Richard's like looking strange. I said, What's the matter? Kind of like a tear in his eye. I said, What's wrong? What's wrong? We can go somewhere else to eat. He said, It's not that, Miss And He said, And then he said, This is what got me a little bit, but you got to think about it. He said, I never knew that black people do the same thing that white people do, like go out to eat like this and stuff like that. It's kind of like, Wow, you know what I'm saying? It was like a wow kind of moment for me. Wow, you know. I said, We do everything white people wow, yeah. do. We all do the same thing. We go out to eat, we do everything. There's no difference. Our color's different. That's all. You know, I was just so sad. I said, "Well, you know
1: what?" It's funny how people yeah. are so sheltered sometimes. If they you're don't your head on.
2: about Ku Klux Klan stuff from a kid on up. You would think you're in a black home, you're like,
1: wow. "Yeah, yeah." Sounds like you made strides for everybody during that relationship. Yeah. You know, for it the dad help. to come over and do all that. I mean, it's <laughs> maybe well, he's now, got a different perspective too, on you know?
0: life now. Because he kept on saying, Richard talked about you all the yeah. time, and I just want to thank you. Because you you he he looks up to you. He said, he's like my dad, you know. He and it, but I was so thankful. you know, it, it just blew my mind to so be real.
2: Yeah, we've had we've had yeah. a lot of good experiences. We had some bad ones. We had one That's kid incredible. Chad. Oh my god, he was so sweet. And he was Caucasian, young, was out of school, 18, and help him find a job because we were doing independent living then. Help find a job we did down in DC. And we knew that he mm. didn't like his dad, but we didn't know how much. So it was close to his birthday and we decided what do you want to do for your birthday? You know, he wanted to go out to dinner. Can you invite his girlfriend? So he said, invite her and we went out to dinner. So we went out to dinner that night. When we came back, we had, we, we didn't come back. There was a note on the door. His dad stopped by. And then I called him, you know. He said, but he Chad knew I was coming for him to go out to dinner. So I asked Chad, did you know your dad was coming by? I said, I don't want to go with him. Why didn't you tell him? He came all the way over here. He said, I don't care about him. I said, Why didn't you tell Why didn't you tell us to tell him? You know? So that kid was going out every day like he was going to work. Yeah. Every day, every time he go, he have a backpack, right? And one day on the news was the police chasing this car in D.C. all down through Maryland, speed, uh, high car speed, and it was our kid. They showed this picture <laughs> on the on the TV. Lord Jesus it was our foster kid. So they called him, got wrecked, had to go to the emergency, room. We had to go to the hospital. <laughs> you know, sign the paper, that was his foster parents going and everything. And we're going to he's shackled to the bed with his legs and everything. He's all crying. He's just he's just messed up here, you know? And yeah. I talked to him and I said, he needs mental health care. He doesn't need to go yeah. to jail. Yeah. He needs mental health. He was taking in that bag of the backpack. He had stolen all Aaron's tools. He kept saying, what you say, you couldn't find me? I tools.
0: couldn't find my tools I had the time.
2: <laughs> he was stealing his tools. And he was breaking in cars at the Metro. Getting in cars every day. And they stole that car. Oh, and wow. Then, I guess... That alarm went off and the cops came and started chasing him and then he wrecked. And then he got sent to jail so he doesn't, this kid, he's 18, doesn't need yeah. jail, 19. So they put him in um corrections, I guess waiting for court. He hung himself. Hung himself and killed himself. Oh, we were so broken. Mm-mm-mm. We were broken when they called us. So, you know, yeah. you, get, you, get yeah. heart, you get a lot of heartbreaks.
1: Especially when you called you it. it. that's too. not what he needed.
2: Yeah. You know, so Yeah. you never know what
1: yeah. Goodness gracious. Well, when you when you have Some over a hundred, I mean, there's got to be Some a couple of bad tragedies you in there somewhere, to. probably. Yeah. When you really
0: become attached why to be lost.
1: Man, I just I just you love your story.
0: One. You, you, uh, you know, you, you really, attached to men, yeah. especially oh, when yeah. to move yeah. on. But
2: most of them, we always left that door open. They can come visit us. Like one kid stole from me. I was starting a business, and I got my first twenty dollar bill from selling this book, and I framed it in a frame in my office. And one day I came home and that darn $20 was going. I was so hurt. Yeah. It's only $20. This is just that I got it from my first sale. That was oh, what made no. it important. We had two kids. The one who did it, I knew he did it. You know, you, I, you just know him. The other one I knew he did. not Remember, neither did the you know the crowd. You know everyone took it, but you can't accuse nobody. They both said he did, but you know. But you can't punish somebody. You can't accuse them because you don't know. It would be about eight years that right. he'd come back right. to Maryland. He lives in uh,
0: Richmond. Ro-
2: Richmond, Virginia. Richmond. He came driving up in a cab or anything. He came to see me. Of course, I knew exactly who he was. And my grandson was here. He's like 13 now or something. He's like, who's this man coming out? It's my papa being home. He said, it's okay. I know him. We're okay. So he came to talk to me. He said, you know, Miss Sandy? And he took open his wallet and gave me a $20 bill. I took your $20 out the frame that day. And I said to him, I looked at him. I said, I know you did.'" And I was praying that you would tell the truth. But even though it took you this long, that means a lot to me that you admit that you did that. So even like that, you don't know. Oh, yeah. He was, that might have been eating him for a long time. We had to talk with him. How could you do such a thing? You know, or he's going to come back. He's, he came back. He got a girlfriend. Yeah. He got his own taxi business. and got a baby. You don't know what they're going to carry with him to help him make in in society and do good. You don't know.
1: Right. Baby. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And you gave him the love yeah. and the, and the structure to, yeah, to kind of help know. him kind of build so a life. Proud. We have yeah. a lot
2: of ones that did a lot of good things. The girls did a lot you of don't good know. things. Not a good thing.
1: God bless you too. I mean, you've made we such a difference in a lot of kids' lives. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's uh, it's incredible. Well, we always say yeah. right now,
2: Mike, Indeed. there's always room for God one more. God has certainly okay. blessed Don't they spend you. The night. <laughs> no, nobody's living. <laughs> <laughs> <You> spend the <laughs> night. Well, if I'm up the, yeah. up, up your weekend, way, then I'll okay. st- I'll yeah. stop and spend the night. That's no that. more borders. <laughs> We're done. Okay? Seven, 70s, <laughs> but no more. It's like my brother always says. It's our time. Yeah, yes. it's our time. Absolutely. I was going to
1: say, you're done with all this, right? Mm-hmm. She yeah, can. Yeah, 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 good. Yeah. I was going to say, my, my brother always had said that, you know, when uh, uh, companies <laughs> like fish, they yeah. start stinking after three days and you no, need she to get can't, of it.
0: She can't talk oh, yeah. me into doing foster care. No. <laughs> I'm done. no. I'm done.
1: No, not anymore, right? like you said mm-hmm. they got so much energy i wouldn't yeah mm-hmm. i mean i'm i am only 58 media, so i can't imagine doing time. all that so yeah i
2: think they <laughs> the killing the guns and everything they play those yeah. games on their little mobile phones on the computers and they see people get shot and they get back up in their lobby and they shoot them again you play the game over and over <coughs> you realize you shoot a real person they're not oh, getting yeah. back up done
1: no no yeah, I remember it was uh, Grand I, Theft well, Auto. One of them, it, yeah. it was like you could you could pick up a hooker yeah. and 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 shoot her in the back seat. It's like They're it was crazy. Those
2: games, I think it gets in your brain or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think I, I can't blame everything on the games.
1: And that's I think that's that's part of the no, but I think that it, I think there's just a lot of little pieces. What's yeah. what's. Culminated to what we see today in in the kids' minds, and think, that's why you see these shootings in the schools and no stuff. Knows. I mean, I, who knows what the true answer is? But I, I think that uh, really there's a lot of different well, my, factors You think involved, about it. They but,
0: took, um, I mean, yeah. they took prayer out of the schools. They took the pledge of allegiance out of the schools. The the yeah. principals can't tell them nothing. You know, it's just you know, it's just don't uh, touch my kid. Yeah, don't touch my kid. A parent, yeah. you uh, a parent want to fell the kid why are you following up they going up to the school beating up the teachers I don't know where we are going
1: yeah I, I don't know either I don't know but I remember even in high school for me it's like I remember kids bringing um uh, you know, just, just talking about a gun is like, I remember kids bringing rifles to school and showing to the, showing the teacher, the teacher would come out and say, boy, that's really nice. It's like they go mm-hmm. hunting or whatever after school. I grew up in Southwest Florida. I mean, that kind of stuff used to happen all the time and nobody thought twice yeah. about it. And I don't think anybody ever thought about shooting anybody at school back then. I mean, no, nobody got that mad. I mean, you get, exactly. you, get now fight, you get in a fight and and it was just over. They're
2: coming back to get um, you tomorrow. Yeah. I, was, I, was gonna, I got beat up a couple of times,
1: but yeah. I'm not going back to kill them yeah, tomorrow. different. Of course not. Of course, it never even entered your mind. As a matter of fact, if I got beat up, I was, I, of course, it, it was always in middle school, I think, whenever I got in a fight. But if, if I lost a fight, me. I was like, you I, know, I, I was just embarrassed. So, <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> ah, there
1: you go. There you go. So, if anybody wants to uh, get your book, any of your books, all your books are that's online well, awesome, uh, anywhere. Well, awesome. Okay. Fantastic. I mean Yes. You um, you've got another one I'm in the works, right? You have another book By
2: October and November. Okay. Because in January, 23.
1: Okay. So I'm when sorry. that when that gets released? Yeah, I was gonna say when that gets released, send okay. me an email and Absolutely. we will uh we'll we'll talk when about we that. I'd
2: love to talk to you
1: too. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that awesome? <laughs> uh, I, I was kind of proud about hitting thirty-three this year, so. Yeah. <laughs> but not anymore. But no, it's 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 great. You know, people just being married that long. I mean, you, I think you're you're gonna you're gonna hear well done, good and faithful servant when you get people to heaven. I think that's just it's fantastic work. You
0: know? Some people so, do, like a lot of people. I mean,
2: don't. but it's a different if it's yeah. just a society. People are different,
0: yeah. and they don't know how much they hurt the kids. Yeah. You know, when you when you get a divorce or you, you leave. Yeah. Uh,
2: because it's because it happens so much. Yes. You know, it happens so much. It's no big deal. Get their visiting rights it or does. whatever they do and spit kids sleep here one day, one day the next time. It's because that's what they do today in this world. We didn't do that. But that's what they do. It's it's the norm. It's the norm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it always seemed to me that it boiled down to, I mean, all the people I've known Mm -hmm. over the years, it's boiled down to selfishness. It's like, I want what I want and what I have at home or whatever is not what I want anymore because that's not filling some kind of need. And that's really not what marriage should be based on. It's like, it's a commitment to each other. And, um, you know, when this this whole cancer diagnosis with me, my wife's been stuck to me like glue the whole time. And it's, 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 that's, that's what it should be. Yeah, and th- and and you know when it becomes crunch time, then that's that's when you uh, know yeah, you, sh- you should you should know stronger. that you can count on your spouse to you be, be there and, and you uh, know, your
2: intentions to make it do everything you be yeah, through absolutely. I'll tell you, uh, over you yeah, some people say all the time, yeah. "How did you get my this? son and, and his wife just?" I can stand still in my footsteps and do nothing to become what trying to keep moving and trying to be and trying to make it work.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. My son and his wife just went through some some uh, tragedy, and uh, he he told me just yesterday. He says, yeah. "You know, I think that we're With even stronger than we were before." And um, you know, okay. I, and they've only been married two years, coming up on three years. So I mean, it's it's the, the tragedies yeah. do help, and and sticking together and and, mm-hmm. and burrowing through it. it, it helps. Just okay.
2: Anytime. Yep. There's no such thing as being yep, prepared sure for no. it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for being on. I appreciate you too so much. And uh, this story definitely needs to be told more often. I've got a, got a friend of mine, a couple of friends of mine that do podcasts. I'm going to send you there or send them your information uh, because I think this we get you on as many platforms as we can. This, this is a great story.
0: Thank you for listening to AM Coffee. Available everywhere you get your podcasts. For more information and archive shows, the website is amcoffee.us. If you'd like to email us, it's amcoffeepodcast at gmail.com. See you next week.